0: If you spend 10 minutes with Keith Murley, a couple of things become abundantly clear. He's driven by an innate curiosity of life, an endless hunger for learning, and an empathy to serve. For nearly two decades now, he's successfully completed progressively larger strategic initiatives and technology projects across diverse industries and globally extended teams. These days, Keith serves as the CEO of Moppin, a strategic technology consulting firm and the founder of the Center for Good, a global philanthropic organization. He joined me this week to discuss business diversity, inclusion, the role technology plays in forming a correlation between the two and how developing an inclusive work culture can act as a strategic business advantage for your organization. I'm Kevin McShann let's have this conversation. Keith, if you're ready, I'll I'll welcome you to the program. Wish you a great uh, Wednesday morning, and thanks for being here. I'm really excited to have you on the show to talk business diversity and technology. Thanks so much for being here this morning. Yeah,
1: thanks, Kevin. be should be fun. Hopefully, we get something out of it.
0: So, Keith, I'm curious to start you off by asking you about the Center for... uh, good good that you established, which is sort of a a global community and trying to establish uh, business diversity and kindness through the effort. So I'm wondering if you could uh, start by discussing that and sort of the, the merits behind that as well.
1: Yeah, one of the driving forces for me starting the Center for Good, and it had been percolating in my mind for probably over a year and really the premise behind it. And through my experience in my life, I found that when you support people, genuinely support people on the personal side, on the business side, it's amazing what, what you can become, what you can get out of it. And I think in the early days of social media, people were looking for that additional connection. And when we're talking about support, really what the Center for Good focuses on is not just financial support or not just mental and emotional support. It's really it's really across the spectrum. And one one of the 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 simplest analogies I've given to people is if we've ever been in the situation where we have say say in this case we have a fantastic interview. We have a fantastic experience in our day. If the first person that we tell about it kind of gives us this shrug of indifference or they're not that excited about it. What tends to happen is we start rethinking that maybe it wasn't that amazing. Maybe I wasn't that good. Um, Maybe, maybe I really, it's not that important and it, it can deflate versus if you talk to somebody and they're really excited, but in a genuine way, and they start encouraging you, and you start feeding off each other. It's, I mean, it does, it does wonders. Um, and, and that's really where the center, the, the genesis of the Center for Good was creating this atmosphere that, and what's so unique about it is it tackles it in so many different ways. So it's not just the social media component. It's not just us talking about our personal lives. It's really being there as, as a, a true support group for everyone. And nowadays being able to leverage technology and we're experiencing the power of technology with what we're doing right now. You know, you and I are, are in separate areas of the globe and we're able to have a great conversation and connect with people that used to be not possible. So really leveraging the technology side of that as well.
0: Yeah. And you talk about leveraging technology. I'm wondering uh, your thoughts on the advancements of technology and how it's made our work life uh, and personal life more efficient. You had mentioned uh, in your previous answer, how it helps us connect with people miles away. And I, I'm also curious to get your thoughts on how, how it's helped from a business technology and uh, p- specifically an education uh, standpoint as well with so many kids uh, now learning from home.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And what we're seeing with technology nowadays is regular people the users really getting in the driver's seat of technology. When I first started off in IT, it was very much the IT people or IT department told you what tools you have for your job and you have to make it work. And now what we're seeing is people, and in this coronavirus pandemic, it's it's people defining their need and saying, okay, what can technology do for me? I need technology to do X, Y, Z. How do we do that? And, and that's what we're seeing with more and more of these virtual events and, and virtual reality, augmented reality and the developments there to, to, to really address the, the main discussion topic of, how do we connect with each other? How do we stay in touch with each other? And if that's during a pandemic, if that's just because we're dealing with, company, with colleagues around the world, there, there's there been a, a resounding unified voice of we want to be connected with each other. And just being in the office or just being in proximity to each other is it is not going to be enough moving forward so i like i like that technology is complementing our social and human interactions and and i've been a big big proponent of that technology it is an enhancer it's not it's not a replacement it it should never be put in the situation of you either have to do one you have
0: to do the other yeah and and i know that you're big uh you have extensive experience in team building whether it be relationship building client building or business mentoring so i'm curious uh to get your thoughts on how you how, how you believe that we don't lose the power of the human connection when it comes to business and relationship building
1: the, the simplest answer is we have to stay connected. The, the simplest answer is Zoom meetings, virtual meetings, they, they cannot replace the in-person. And, and stri- just from a biological standpoint, there's energy, there's heat signatures that our body gives off. And so there's, there's a much different feel when you're in person with someone as opposed to across the screen, and it really doesn't matter how amazing the connection is; it, it, it's still different because, I mean, humans are—we're a very, we're a very complex organism. So, we the, uh, the, there's huge value in this piece, and again, using it to to complement our in-person engagement. And one of one of the challenges that we're seeing is and we've seen we've seen so many times with technology is you start learning the, the challenges that come with a certain widespread adoption. So if we talk about social media, there's this surge of, uh, you know, sometimes depression and trying to keep up with everyone because of what you see on on, uh, on the social media channels. And when we're too heavy on virtual engagements, we start missing that piece that sometimes we can't put our, our finger on. And that's really just that, that human energy that we have when we're, we're face-to-face. So I think businesses is moving forward. Once we get through the, the, the curve of, uh, of this pandemic, really looking for ways to reinforce the personal connection, and then during times where we don't have that face-to-face connection, we've seen how technology can can really complement
0: what, what what we're doing here. And I, I, in terms of COVID, I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on how. You think that businesses can continue a positive development as they try to uh, sort of navigate their way through this uh, time and try to stay uh, both both viable and solvent during uh, these COVID times?
1: One of the things that I feel that
0: they need to do is spend
1: a lot of time in discussion, both with the leadership team and also with team members and and employees because one of the inadvertent syndromes to being remote and working from home is without realizing it you can start feeling like an island and sometimes you, you don't see it right off the bat but it's that slow growing process where you you start feeling disconnected and and your work begins suffering your mental health can begin suffering, you think that maybe you need a change. And we can't we can't underestimate the fact that none of us have the silver bullet answer for this pandemic situation or being disconnected. And I think having those regular conversations, maybe automating some of it through surveys, and we've had good success with that in the past, of just getting getting that collective feedback looking for ways to change and really following that process full circle. See how it's doing, make some changes and adapting because the reality is if people feel that they're listened to, if their feedback is taken into consideration, they'll keep talking. They'll keep telling you what's what's working, what's not working. And the worst case to be in from a team standpoint is to lose the confidence of your employees, your staff, that they stop saying anything because they don't feel that that changes will be brought about, and they become apathetic to whatever's going on. That's that's not that's not a good situation at the end.
0: Absolutely, and, and as you know, I'm a huge champion of inclusion and diversity for individuals with disabilities. So I'm wondering if we can talk for a second about inclusion and diversity as it relates to our uh, special needs community and the opportunities that uh, the advancement of technology has opened up not only for that segment of our population, but also uh, infusing uh, them into the workforce in terms of Uh, building uh, business and strategic advantages for businesses by hiring people with disabilities as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great
0: point. And
1: one of my closest cousins has had a significant mental disability that she was born with. And I love her to death. I mean, she's just such a fantastic person. And what you see is they genuinely care about things and it's identifying how they're expressing it. It's identifying what talents you can use for them to contribute to the organization. And when you're passionate about what you do and you're passionate about people, it's getting creative of seeing how you can use certain qualities of individuals in maybe a way that you didn't initially expect them to do something or an expected role and you have to be willing to to adapt and change there and and it could be it could be a simple fact of maybe you hired somebody on to do some administrative work and you think that that's in their skill set so they should be good they should be happy doing that and you start seeing that they're They really don't have that energy or motivation. So it's a matter of rethinking the strategy and saying, you know what, maybe, maybe we'll have them participate in some of our project activities. Maybe we'll have them participate in some of our marketing activities. Maybe we'll have them work on some of our logistics and and you really, you can't, you can't quantify or qualify someone's success based on the position that you put them in it's really looking for if they're not if if they're not successful as you're measuring it in that position taking a look at what their personal traits are what their personal strengths are and finding a fit and what i've seen over and over again is how much that blossoms when you're able to do that for for people. So if we're talking about specifically developmental challenges and whatnot, it's it's not a set it and forget it type of approach. It's working with them, adjusting because again, once you find that sweet spot, it's amazing how much how much you can thrive in those situations.
0: Absolutely. And I'll always say that uh, diversity is the, uh, what breeds success for every aspect of our uh, society and life. And that's certainly true for uh, people with disabilities. And I'm uh, speaking from personal experience, if you help uh, them find their sort of niche in the world, you also open up things like uh, per- personal self confidence and, and self esteem. So I, I think the points you made there are important. And my next question leads into your personal uh, satisfaction in terms of the contributions you've made in the field of business development and technology. I'm wondering if you had to encapsulate your. Uh, contributions into one word or one sentence. What would that be in one?
1: People. I would say I would say it's bringing from the, the business standpoint, from the technology standpoint is focusing on people. and that makes my job that much enjoy that much more enjoyable, It makes the projects more enjoyable. When you're looking at people, when you're looking at businesses as as part of you, as part of your team, and really going above and beyond and getting creative and getting passionate about what you can do for them, and not just from a service delivery standpoint. And luckily, I started off my IT career, not as a consultant, but as an employee of a company. So I have a lot of experience just in, in that intangible of working with a company of being a part of growth and struggle and, and all of that, having, having that in the back of my mind. And that's one of the things that we're building here in the Maven culture and uh, in a separate direction of of the center for good is you have to put yourself in that position of what how do I want to experience a service that's being delivered to me? And I think one of my greatest contributions, which is really just in the beginning, is refocusing that approach to people first, and then, then we, can, we can pair up solutions, strategy, direction. There's, there's so much when we look at it from, from that standpoint.
0: And Keith, I'm curious to you know if there's a, a motto or a philosophy that you live your life, both in business and personal uh, by. Is there a saying or, or, or a sentiment that you sort of adopt as your rallying cry for business and personal success?
1: It's interesting. On my desk, you can't see it here, but I have a quote from Steve Jobs, and it says the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. And that's always resonated with me. That sometimes people think we're crazy about an approach that we're taking, be it personal, be it business, but it takes that quote unquote crazy approach to really affect change. And, and I like to use that in, in, many different parts of my life and, and throughout my life where it comes to getting essentially crazy about this life that we want. And with that craziness comes the innovation. And I've really, really maintained that nothing is crazy. If if people say that you can't do a certain thing, what what basis do they have to say that and really reinforcing that. And there's a difference of, again, constructive criticism, giving some feedback, giving some insight, giving some direction versus just saying something isn't going to work because maybe that's where human selfishness creeps in of, I don't want you to make this major transformation because I don't have any major transformations going on. And we have to we have to get we have to get past that. And any setbacks that I've had in life, and there's been a lot of setbacks, I can always draw a clear line from to the successes. And I feel that that's a very empowering thing to be able to look back on your life and say. Every poor choice or every decision that went completely sideways. If you can draw that line exactly to where something went great, it doesn't give you that fear of trying something new, trying something different, because you see that it will it will get to get you to where you want to go.
0: And Keith, uh, I'm lo- looking at the pictures behind you, so I'm wondering. Uh... Well, what gets you up in the morning in terms of your personal passions? Is there anyone in your life that you do all of this hard work for? What gets you out, uh, and excited, out of bed and excited to uh, tackle the world in the morning?
1: Luckily, I get to tackle the world with my wife first thing in the morning, having some coffee, talking about our day and having a time to connect. First thing in the morning, and that's something that we always do, and it really gives me that grounding for why I do what I do, why I work so hard. So my wife, my kids, it it that's very encouraging, and, and it's encouraging to see their support, and and they see that even when things get very busy and very hectic, always making an effort to carve out time for them, you know, and, and looking forward to when we play some board games or watch a movie together or we have dinner together. And and it's that unspoken support that, again, really fuels what I do. Uh,
0: some uh, simple things in life go a long way, don't they?
1: Especially, especially when it involves coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's one of the uh, uh, artificial things, things that make life so wonderful, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And sometimes what, what I found is when, when it's been a, uh, you know, a tough day, you end up getting the decaf by mistake instead of the regular, that you still, your mental can compensate. You just feel that, that warm nectar of life. And it it just starts pushing
0: you forward. Absolutely. And I'm curious, Keith, if you had any uh, words on how uh, people can build a positive business culture, certainly during COVID and afterwards as well.
1: As cliche as it sounds, and we've heard it so many times, find what you're passionate about. And that involves talking to people, talking to people you trust, talking to people that you've never met before. Go on LinkedIn, reach out to someone, start bouncing some ideas off of them. And that's that's really such an underutilized tool is being able to connect with professional minded individuals on LinkedIn, because there's so many people that are encouraged when they hear of others' development and growth and they're willing to, to offer a contribution and help even guide that discovery process. And I, I would follow it up with just don't settle. If you're, if you're in a position in life and a company and, and you feel that you're not being fulfilled, you're not being satisfied, recognizing that you have a passion meter and everyone starts off at a hundred and we keep adding to this bucket to keep it up there. And sometimes during life, our, pish, uh, our passion dips down with different things that we have going on. But if we're continually surrounded by circumstances or people that are driving our passion down, it, it can get to such a low point that you have to do a lot of building then to get to get our passion back up. And one of the things I've always maintained is don't take your passion for granted. Really look at it as that gauge. That and if, if it's constantly being de- depleted, you'll, you're gonna feel it. And when it gets to a certain point, to a certain low level, it's not so easy to find a fix because you get clouded with a lot of different things. So there's there's huge opportunity out there. There's many of people many people, just like us, having this conversation, that would welcome a chat. Would welcome a brainstorming session to to keep your to keep your passion, your innate passion, going.
0: Yeah, and you, uh, based on your last answer, you inspired me to ask this question. When, People ask me about learning and growing. I always tell them, don't close your mind off to learning and sort of be a sponge. So I'm wondering your thoughts on that sentiment as well.
1: Oh, without a doubt. And from reading to watching motivational TED Talks or other podcasts, uh, I find it invaluable to, to to constantly learn, constantly listen. When I'm getting ready in the morning, I always have a podcast playing in the background because I think it's very enjoyable to just listen to other people and what they're doing and their successes and things that they've experienced. And it's amazing and I'm sure it's happened to you where you've heard the same thing a hundred times over and over again, but somebody says it in just such a way that resonates with you so clearly and it's that light bulb that goes off and all of a sudden you have this this newfound energy and direction and things just just came clear. But without committing yourself to that ongoing learning and curiosity, you miss out on so many opportunities to have that aha moment and to be able to move on from there.
0: Absolutely, Giza, I'm curious to know we talked about the Center for Good earlier and we talked about your motto and your contributions to business. So I'm curious if you can put it all sort of in a, a capsule for me and tell me, what do, you, what do you hope that your personal legacy will be defined by once you retire and once uh, the next generation sort of views the work that you've done? What do you want your legacy to be defined by?
1: Caring, I would say caring in my, my family, my kids, my business. And for me, that would be the ultimate legacy to leave behind that. Anything that I did was, was out of care. And I cared enough about my family to do the best I could there to give us the best life, same thing in business, same thing for the center is i cared enough about what we were doing and why we were doing it that if i'm not able to complete all the objectives that have been set out that that momentum continues carrying on and it's never it's never about the money it's never about any of that other stuff it's it's really coming from that that place of caring
0: And if people wanna get uh, connected with the kids, what's the best way they can do that?
1: I would say the best way is on LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn, Keith Murley. And again, I'm always open for conversations. Could be development, it could be getting involved in the center and, and our growth over there. It could be on the technology side, having a conversation and for entrepreneurs or people that are looking to discover something, I'm always open to having those those dialogues. Uh, I would say the one thing that I'm not keen on is salespeople on LinkedIn. I don't know how many people reach out to you to, to sell you things or, or get your contact information, but <laughs> that, I think that's one of my my least favorite things about uh, about connecting.
0: Yeah, it's almost as bad as people uh, leaving the uh, lid off the tube of the toothpaste. Keith, it's oh, yeah, <laughs> It's one of my pet peeves as well. But I really want to thank you for an engaging and revealing conversation about business diversity, inclusion, and technology. Really enjoyed our conversation. Want to thank you for your time, your insights, and perspectives. It's most appreciated.
1: Yeah, this is been tremendous
0: kevin and i
1: i love what you're doing with your your channel the topics that you have and i would encourage and i've spoken to other people about this podcast and i think it's a very important and very beneficial thing that you're doing so i hope that you continue growing it as you are
0: well thanks for the kind words keith and i'll be sure to uh, send your commission check to denver uh, as soon as (laughs) we get off this call but thanks for your time and for the kind words it's most appreciated.
1: Yeah, thank you, Kevin.